podcaster passionate about empowering youth to raise their voices and tell their stories. On Global Youth Matters, they tell their stories in their own voices on their own terms. They have faced life challenges, social, emotional, health, physical, economic, political, and more. They've gone through rough times and have come out on the other side. Get ready because they'll blow your mind. I'm going to let them talk because their voices matter on Global Youth Matters. Hi, I'm so happy to have Yasmin, Nico, but I'm really happy to have you here today. And I just would love for you to introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about yourself or tell our audience about yourself. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Yasmin, and I'm a recent graduate from the University of Maryland. I studied environmental science and policy, and now I'm moving forward and getting my master's degree at Columbia University for climate studies. I absolutely love the concentration I'm in and what I'm studying because climate change, as I'll talk about later, and nature is something I've always been passionate about. And to be able to dedicate my educational journey towards a good cause is really a humbling experience for me. A little bit more about me. I grew up in Columbia, Maryland, and I'm from a family of four. My mom is German and Indian, and my dad is Iranian, so that makes me all three, which is super cool. I have an older brother who works in aerospace engineering, and my whole family are actually Virginia Tech alumni, except for me, because I went to University of Maryland. So I guess I was the oddball out, but I'm happy with that decision. That's great. Well, thank you. Very interesting background. I bet you have some really good food at home. Oh, yeah. Very good food. <laughs> <laughs> some Indian, Iranian, and German, right? A huge combination. Well, I bet. I don't know if everybody... So I just wanted to ask you a little bit, a little bit more, if you can delve into your passion, the environment, and you were so nice to share your link about you, which we're going to add to this podcast. But I, you, you mean it's actually quite, quite deep. I have this very deep philosophy of life, which I'm sure is maybe started when you're you were young. And and if you could tell me a little bit about that. First, you like mentioned that you used to go to protests, and uh, if you could tell me about that, and then maybe how that shaped sort of your passions. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'd, I'd love to talk about that. In terms of the protest, I did go to a few protests when I was younger. My dad kind of introduced me to that. Like I said, my dad's Iranian. And the government over there in Iran has not been good since I was born. So the protest that I went on was with my father when we were protesting the government over there. So that was my first bit of public activism. And that's when I really learned how how cool and how fun it is to raise my voice and be part of something bigger than myself. In terms of my career path, my passion really lies in environmental studies, like I said, climate change research and conservation initiatives. And so to go into that, basically ever since I was little, I was I always was drawn to nature and the outside world and when I would watch those cool National Geographic documentaries with David Attenborough, I'm sure you know, as the voiceover, it really sparked something within me. And when they would talk about how we're destroying the environment, I would really take it hard. And I would say like harder than the people that were watching around me. But I didn't really know this was my true passion until my sophomore year of high school. I enrolled in this class called Independent Research Class. And basically it was a year-long project that we had to study and we got to pick our own topic. I didn't know what topic I wanted to choose, but one day I was reading an article in National Geographic and it was on ocean acidification 
And I was like, okay, I guess this is a sign. I'll give it a go. And as I researched the topic, I became more passionate about the environment and finding solutions to real world issues. And since then, I've dedicated my studies to saving our planet. And I love it. Yeah, I mean, it seems there's a, a little bit of act- activism or a lot of activism in that, right? So it started with you a little, <laughs> maybe towards human rights in the beginning and now towards the environment. Um, is there anything you, know, you want to share about some of the stuff that you've done as, as sort of as an activist or what you plan to do or what your dreams are in, in that? Yeah, sure. So it's my senior year of college now. Recently in my last semester, we had to do a capstone project, which is kind of like end of the year, big project related to our major. So my capstone project was with a group of six other people, and we were working on the Chesapeake Bay watershed, how nitrous oxides and pollution are affecting three specific communities near the Chesapeake Bay watershed. So we spent the whole semester working on this project. We really took a deep dive into statistics, how the pollution was affecting the communities, where the pollution was congregated the most. And then we also had a chance to really figure out ways to communicate the data with the communities and how they can step in and help themselves and bring awareness and raise their own voice to make a difference. And we presented our findings to the Chesapeake Bay Foundation, and we created a story map on it to help put on their website for the public to view it. So that was a really cool project. I think it created a lot of public awareness about some of the issues that the Bay is facing and how it needs to change because it's really affecting minorities. And climate change itself is affecting minorities mainly, even though minorities aren't really the ones causing the biggest issues. That's interesting. So that's a form of activism. Is that is there something that you're, I, you know, you said you were going to go to Colombia. Is there anything that you're specific that you want to get out of that and maybe take forward into the world? Is, is, yeah, so yeah, Columbia Climate School is actually the first climate school. It's actually founded in 2020. So it's very, it's it's recent. It's a new school. I picked it because it's one of the best, in my opinion. You can really choose whatever you want to study in the environmental field in the school you can take as many paths as you want whatever you're passionate about and you can make it happen you can make it into a career this school has environmental justice courses which are really good because like i said it it dives into how climate change is affecting minority communities which i love but me specifically i think at this point in my life i've i've switched a lot I initially wanted to do environmental law. I thought, oh, I'm going to be a lawyer. It's going to be great. (laughs) I'm going to make a lot of money. But I took a law class and I realized, nope, this is not it. I do not like law. I cannot do this. (laughs) So I now I'm leaning more towards. I had to think about what what is really going to affect our climate in the future. And I realized lately that's business. Everything is a business deal. And if we want our environment to be better, we have to make it feasible. And we have to, there has to be an economic economic incentive for people to change. So I, I kind of want to focus more on technological investments. I want to be part of like ideas on what technologies we can come up with to help the climate that are feasible. Um, Great. Well, that's an exciting new wave of the future, right? We'll see where this 
this all goes. So I want to step back a little bit and it's like so impressive, like your story from knowing what you want, starting in high school and going through college and getting where you've gone and looking at your website, it's you're really like a super higher achiever. And I wonder what has like motivated you or maybe what challenges you've gone through in your life in order to sort of get through and have that drive that you have today. Because it doesn't come naturally, or maybe it does for some people. I don't know, but having that drive to it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it definitely doesn't come naturally for me. I do have to work very hard at some things. So in order to answer that question, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about some of my other passions. Environment is a huge part of my life, but the other half of my life is that I'm a very active and sporty person. So sports have been a huge part of my life. I was a swimmer since age seven until now. I also play tennis, pickleball, and ping pong in my free time. I love ping pong. It's the best, best hobby, best sport. I will challenge anybody in that. And I find that being active and staying healthy really helps my mental and physical well-being. And so I try to integrate an active lifestyle into my daily routine ever since I was young. So I have struggled with anxiety since I was a kid. And as I grew up, I realized that remaining active and playing sports is really good for me mentally and definitely helps with my anxiety. That's amazing. I think for a lot of young people, a lot of young people, like all the studies I'm looking at today, they show that there's so much anxiety. I mean, that's really off the roofs with COVID and all of this. And I feel like it's sort of young people. I mean, a lot of young people are hitting some kind of crises. So I think this athletic piece is really good and important to maybe help people just whatever, whether it's a walk or doing something just to help sort of maybe on one level help with the anxiety. So thank you for sharing that. And then if you could tell me sort of, are there other challenges in your life that you've, I guess that's probably a a string throughout your life. And then other ones you can let me know. Yeah. 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 I've definitely faced some challenges in my life that I've had to overcome and it has definitely shaped me into the person that I am today. Uh, When I was 13 years old, I was diagnosed with idiopathic scoliosis, where I had a curvature in my spine, and it progressed as I got older. So actually, looking back, I was quite fortunate, I would say, because since I was so active, and especially being a swimmer, the pain for me was not that severe and very manageable. For the most part, I felt like a normal teenage girl with no serious health problems at all, other than the fact that I was constantly getting x-rays and scans and checkups. But by the age of 19, my spine had gotten much worse, and I had curvatures of around 60 degrees. And so at that point, I needed I needed surgery because I wouldn't have a good quality of life moving forward. So my family, my family and I, we opted to get a non-traditional scoliosis surgery that offers more flexibility and a greater quality of life so that I could remain an athlete and not have problems down the road. So during the summer of 2021, I had to go to New York for this procedure, and it ended up being an 18-hour surgery, and the recovery was pretty rough. I realized that since your spine pretty much controls almost everything in your body. And I feel like a lot of people don't realize that, but it really does. Like even moving your hands (laughs) stems from your spine and, and that even hurt. 
So I, I had to learn how to function again in what felt like a different body after the surgery. And that includes relearning how to walk properly. So it took me the entire summer to heal and regain some type of walking pace that I used to have because after the surgery, I was walking kind of sideways <laughs> because wow. that's what it, it felt mm -hmm. like with a new spine. So I also had to move into college for my junior year of school before I was fully healed. So that transition was nerve wracking. I was thinking, how am I going to do this? How am I going to survive? I can barely walk. How am I going to walk to classes? But luckily I survived. I persevered. I worked really hard in the summer. My mom's a physical therapist, so she helped me a lot get through it. And so I'm, I'm really grateful for that. And they say that, I wanted to say, they say that going through tough events makes you stronger. But I think at this point in my life, I'm really battling with that statement because, yeah, going through tough things can make you stronger physically in that sense. I, I, I understand that. But going through tough things also takes a huge mental toll. So I don't necessarily feel stronger mentally because I definitely still have some trauma from that experience. And I can say that my anxiety is worse now since that experience, even though I am working on becoming stronger and staying healthy and active, which can help my mental health. So, I mean, I'm sure it was, like you said, I just think I'm sure it was really, really, really hard, right? And probably very stressful, right? Not knowing in the middle of that surgery and after. And so was there anything that it was just that kept you sort of going? And Yeah, there were, there were many points after surgery where I, I like fell into depression and anxiety was definitely there because I was basically, I couldn't do anything on my own. I couldn't even go to the bathroom on my own, shower on my own. So it felt very debilitating at, at certain times. But honestly, what I would tell myself is I would just keep telling myself, this isn't going to last forever. This, this isn't going to last forever. I'm going to get through it. It's going to be over soon. So I might as well just deal with it at the present moment. And that's how I got, that's how I got through it. So a lot of, was it like, was, did you have any community or did you have anybody around you that was able to help support you through the process or was it really just your... Yeah, I, I had a lot of family and friends who were definitely very supportive and helpful. And like I said, my mom was a PT, so she was really great for me to have. But I, I kind of wanted this surgery to be more private because everyone knew me as the active, sporty girl. And I didn't want people to think, oh, my goodness, what happened to this girl? She's practically disabled. now." I didn't want people to see that side of me. So I, I wanted to hide it as much as I could. And looking back, was that a good choice or for you? I think, yeah, honestly, I, I do think it was a good choice. I think that the people I had in my life to support me at that time were necessary. And those were the people that I needed. And I didn't need a bigger community than that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's good. I, I mean, I want to move into, you know, that's, that's huge, right? Like health, huge for anybody at any point in their lives. And you know, I want to get into what maybe you would advise somebody or who was in the same, facing a huge health hurdle on how to handle that and any guidance that you have yeah. um, on that. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people who struggle with, with illnesses and even people with chronic illness. And I can definitely say that it is tough and we do live 
I know everybody has their problems, but especially us, we, we deal with things that a lot of people wouldn't necessarily understand and relate to. But the advice I would say is you really just have to keep telling yourself that my life is more than just this moment and I'm going to get through it. And even though it's painful now, it it's not going to be painful forever. There's going to be moments of good and there's going to be moments of bad. Just because there's moments of good doesn't mean it's going to crash into something bad later on. You can have multiple good moments. Just being more, being in the moment. I mean, being in, like, going from moment to moment, right? Like, kind of. Did did your athletics help you? I mean, did anything in sports help you mentally get through those difficult moments? Or Yeah, so, so like I said, I was a swimmer since I was age seven. And it was probably one of my biggest fears that the surgery would just ruin my swimming life and I wouldn't be able to swim properly again. But I was actually in the pool three weeks after my surgery because swimming is actually one of the greatest healers of life. So I I was in the pool almost every day three weeks after my surgery and now I'm swimming exactly how I was before. Obviously I'm not as good because now I'm older, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm almost swimming as well. That's great. Stay in your water. I think that's a big lesson right now. And then did you have any sort of like life lessons you wanted to share with us overall? I would always tell myself, instead of saying, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? Think about it from a different point of view and saying, what can this teach me? Instead of why is this happening to me? Because I really believe that everything happens for a reason. So every struggle that we have to go through, it's, it is teaching us something in the end. So even though it may suck, we're supposed to go through these things to make us who we are. So I'm, I'm thankful for the stuff I've gone through because it's, it's made me a better person in the end. So I think that's, that's a really great life lesson. So what has it taught you or have you not figured it out yet? It's taught me that no matter what I go through, I, I'm still going to remain standing in the end. It's a nice lesson. Now, I wanted to go back to a little how you dealt with this. Like, is this trauma that you talk about? Has that, are you still dealing with that? Or is that, are there certain things that you have to deal with in order? I mean, and I don't know, like health-wise, are you still impacted by the surgery? Right. How do you manage that? Right. I, at this point in my life, I'm pretty much fully healed from the surgery physically. I have no health concerns related to that surgery. I'm active, I'm sporty, I'm working out. So it's fine. It's more of the mental aspect that still stays with me. Like going through that, it's you're, I'm constantly thinking, what if I have to go through it again? What is the chance that this may happen again? Even though it's not a chance, but yeah, it always still stays with you. So I definitely would say mentally it's much more tough than the physical aspect. So my, like I said, my anxiety has gotten a, a bit worse. But I also just have anxiety from life changing. I'm, I'm going to grad school soon. Things are new. Things are changing. So I think anybody would have a certain amount of anxiety with that. So, yeah. So, okay. So basically different forms of anxiety are there due to the new things, which are new challenges. But okay. And then is there anything that you do to is it deal with those feelings yeah. No, that you could share, that you would like to share for other people. Yeah, sure. So I, I 
I deal with anxiety. I, I don't I don't go to therapy for it. I deal with it in more natural ways. Like I, I go on walks. I read self-growth books. I always, I keep exercising. Like I mentioned, that really helps with my my mental health and my mental peace. And swimming, it was always the number one for me. As soon as I get in the pool, it's like all my worries just drown, go away. So is there anything else that I read when I was looking online that you did did some stuff abroad and maybe you can tell us your sort of why you went abroad and sort of what you learned from that and all of that. Yeah. So the summer I had my surgery, I I pretty much missed that entire summer. I even spent my birthday in the hospital and that was, that was not fun. So I, from that moment, I made the decision to make my next summer very meaningful and fun. So I applied to intern abroad in Singapore. And of course, I wanted to make it environmental related. So I was working at a company called Semcor, and they're all about sustainability, sustainable energies, renewable energies, etc. And I have to say that was one of the best experiences of my life. My life. I always tell people, go abroad, go abroad whenever you can, as much as you can, because you really learn you don't only learn about the culture, you learn about the people, you learn about yourself, which I think is really important. And yeah, I think I think that was a great experience. And if I didn't have that experience, I don't think I would, I may not have gotten into Columbia University because that was really a resume booster and an experience booster for me. And a resume and a life booster, right? Sounds yes. like. Yeah. That's great. And it, it, taught, it taught me that I can even though that happened with my health in the past, I can move forward. I still can have fun. I can do things alone. I can be independent. That's great. Do you think that your experience with your health impacted how you will address your moving forward, how you look at the environment? Did that impact your perspective, your philosophy? Or... Yeah, I, I guess I could say that dealing with with my health problems, I I've learned that Almost everything can be solved if you put the work into it, even with health. Like, you can have a lot of health problems, but if you really, really try and really put in the effort, you can heal to a certain extent. And so I think of that sort of when I'm thinking about the environment, it kind of applies the same way. We've destroyed our environment almost entirely, but if we really put in the effort and work together to make a difference... I think we can restore some of the things that we've damaged. Wow, that's a great way to end this podcast. But <laughs> but I'm going to still ask you if there's anything else that you'd like to share about about you, about the your passions. Well, I'm really excited to go to Columbia University this one-year program. I'm the first student from UMD, University of Maryland, to go to get into this program since its foundation in 2020. And I'm really excited to make a difference with our planet. And I really think that the University of Maryland's environment program is great. And I kind of want to bridge the two, University of Maryland and Columbia, because I want undergrad programs around the U.S. to be similar to Columbia's program if we want to encourage leaders around the U.S. to become problem solvers and think of new ways to help our environment. So that's, that's my hope. Great. We look forward to seeing you, your name, 
out there Hopefully. <laughs> about the environment. So thank you so much for this interview. And we will definitely put a link to you in case anyone has questions for you about health, the environment. But I was going to say, is there anything else that you... No, I just want to say thank you. Yeah, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to my story. And I hope that other people can benefit if they're listening as well. Thank you for sharing your story. I'm sure a lot of people will benefit. This is the Global Youth Matters podcast. We hope you'll subscribe or follow us at Apple Podcast or your favorite pod platform. We would really appreciate it if you leave us a positive review, especially on Apple. This helps us build an audience. Finally, we want to hear from you. You can reach us by email at globalyouthmatters at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.